Hello listeners, I'm Michael Statham and on this week's Football Annual Podcast I'm with James Rowe and Michael Bell. We're going to preview the new Eredivisie season and answer your questions about all the teams involved. We're on YouTube, SoundCloud and iTunes. Enjoy. We should begin with the women's team winning Euro 2017. Did So James, Michael, did you watch the match? What did you make of it? You know, I thought the game in itself was a great advert for... Football, not just women's football, but actual football, you know, it's end-to-end first half, um, incredible, incredible game in the first half, you know, um, second half, I think not, everyone's dominated and then fully deserved to win in the end. I think that just the front three, um, Medima, Van der Sanden and Martins, you know, they were excellent throughout the whole tournament and they turned up in the final just when they mattered and uh, totally deserved, I think they were the best team in the tournament and they played the best football, they played the Dutch way, they played total football and they played the way the men should be playing. Um, to show them how it's done and it's just absolutely amazing for the country um, you know, women's football has not very been that big in the Netherlands but it seems to be getting bigger and bigger every year um, you know, the under 17s, under 19s are doing really well in recent years and now the actual full teams you know, one of the best in the world now um, and it can only grow and grow um, further and I think you know 10,000 fans turned up for the Orange Parade today and you know, the party's going to be for the streets. And I think this will have an impact in the country the same way that the 1988 Euro for the men's did. Um, I think the game's just going to go grow and grow with women in the Netherlands and it's great to see. Yeah, it's meant to be proud of, isn't it? Um, James, have you, do you think it will make a big impact within the country? Do you think it's going to be something to hit off with a lot of fans, maybe, to gather some more interest in the sport? Yeah, I definitely think so. I agree with Mike's uh, initial comments. I think they've been fantastic throughout the tournament. The way the country has got behind them is also uh, it's been a sight to see 30,000 people in the stadium in Enschede today um, for the final. Everybody um, working towards uh, wanting them to win it. This, the players as well, Miedema and uh, Lika Martins in particular, who who won uh, player of the tournament, they've been absolutely fantastic. But the whole team effort, and even with the um, with the manager, Salina Wiegman, with uh, the comments of positivity, working towards a goal and, and achieving it, I think it's going to have a knock-on effect. It gives the country a well-timed boost in, a, in, a, in, in terms of sport. And um, I agree with Mike. Um, the current men's uh, national team could learn a lot from the way that this women's side has conducted themselves at a major tournament. Yeah, certainly good news in that respect. We have to also talk about the news this week um, involving final t- against the test in the Johan Krauf trial. Um, who watched the match? Did, did you think it was uh, a good start to the season now we've got football back and did final impress you as title winners? I think final was solid going into the game and you, you can see the, um, the confidence flowing through them by having won yesterday their third trophy in, um, in 15 months with the uh, uh, Kainva Bay Cup, uh, the league title last season, and now the Jan Kreisfeld. Um, I think Vitesse did very well when they went 1-0 down to come back and to fight well, and uh, Henk Flaise even commended, uh, commended that. But I think um, I think final will only get better as the season goes on. I mean, this is a, a curtain raiser last night, which has only been, uh, um, only been, I think, been played, I think, for 22 seasons, I think. And... Um, yeah, it's a, it's a traditional curtain raiser and um, 
penalties is, is a lottery, as we all know, but you, you can see that the way that um, Brad Jones saved uh, the penalties in, in a convincing way and the, and the confidence that Feyenoord had going into the penalty series that um, they were worthy winners in that respect and it, it sets them up for a, um, a very interesting opening uh, season game against FC Twente next weekend. Yeah, um, I thought Feyenoord's new signings did well as um, throughout the game I thought Haps was positive at left back um, Boy just coming back he set up the opening goal I just thought that the test came into the game in the second half and uh, you know, I think Matavis is going to be a great signing for them um, going forward I think he's going to get goals he's going to unsettle defenders in their division I think you know, the test are in for a good season um, they had a lot of options on the bench or the Chelsea one I'm quite glad that the way they started it was only one of the Chelsea one came into the starting lineup. Um and the team just looks a lot more structured than it did last year with Lince and, you know, Bruins, Matavs, you know, Castanios is going to come in there as well. I think the Tess have got a really good squad for the season. Um, and they were unlucky to see they went to penalties and, you know, it's just a lottery and Brad Jones was one in the end. It was the hero. I think we'll definitely be talking more about the Tess later. Um, for for Feyenoord, however, so these new signings are coming in, aren't they? And they seem to be settling in quite well. Boetius is going back to a team he knows very well. And you've got Haps, St. Just, uh, Amrabat. They all know the, the setting. They all came from Dutch teams. So it's, it's, it seems like signings for... So you've got square pegs um, into square holes. You know, it's, it's very straightforward signings. It all makes sense. But Gareth here has sent a question on Twitter and he asks... How do you think final will fare this coming season, having lost some of a title-winning side? Because they have lost some key cogs, haven't they? What do you think, James? Um, I agree. They have lost uh, Alien. They have lost uh, Delacout, who was uh, spearheading the title campaign. But I think um, uh, I agree with your comments. Buying sensibly, square pegs in square holes, um, knowing uh, the targets they want, identifying them quickly and getting them for a decent price it shows how Feyenoord have matured as a club. It wasn't so long ago that um, they were in financial trouble. They were having to rely on youth, their youth products and their youth policy because they had no other choice. The money wasn't there to invest in, in, uh, in the way they would have wanted. And now they've matured as a club where they're in the position to target the players they want and, and more importantly, get them over the line. I think... Um, I think they're building their squad adequately, and I think um, I think they're going to push on from last season. I I, um, I think they'll have a good year. I think they will become champion this coming season. And in Europe, it depends on the on the group they will face. But I think the club can be really pleased at the way they've um, matured in, in the transfer market, and especially the way they've identified their targets. I actually think that final summer work has made them a stronger side going into the season. Um, no. Quite not that big a loss. You consider that he scored some important goals um, towards the end of the campaign, but you know he was an experienced head. But if you bring in Van Persie, they're still trying to sign, and um, that could still happen before the end. That's sort of like for like there as well. And you know Elia has gone, but Boitis has come in. Um, you know that's a good stand-in. They've got Bergvine permanently, and they've got you know Basakoglu coming from the bench. And um, the midfield's a lot stronger now with um, Amrabat playing back up to El Amadi and Vilhena. And I think keeping a hold of them two in midfield, that was the most important thing. And, you know, if you're looking at the back, they have lost Conglo and Karstorp. 
even Kevin Dykes seemed used to just great signings um, going forward. And Haps, as I said, was impressive in the game on Saturday. So I think going forward, Feyenoord might look stronger this season. And I agree with James that they're looking set for another championship, in my opinion. Yeah, so I, I personally think that maybe they won't have enough on the, inter- on the continental stage. Um, but that, that, that goes for quite a few Dutch teams as it happens at the moment. But I, I'm, I think on the league stage, it could certainly be a successful campaign for them. It's, in my opinion, going to be between Feyenoord and Ajax for the title. Um, so, James, you think Feyenoord are going to pip uh, the rest for the title? What do you think, Michael? Are you confident that Feyenoord are going to do it again? I think they have the strongest squad. I think Ajax, as you say, are going to be the most competitive team um, going for the title. I think it's going to be very close going to the end, but you can just see Feyenoord nipping it at the end. Mm. What about Ajax then? So we probably saw the, all saw them, or James, you at the stadium uh, against Nice. Uh, Ajax were knocked out of the Champions League thanks to a 2-2 draw, meaning 3-3 in aggregate and they were out on away goals. Um, how was it inside the stadium, James? I know that when I watched the match, certainly my, from my point of view, Ajax could have, well, won by three or four, but didn't take their chances and got hit by the sucker punch and now they're facing Europa League football again. Yes, before the game there was a tribute to uh, Abdul Hagnori with uh, a video with his uh, special moments and the encouragement that the club are giving him and his family. Uh, the captain, Joel Feltman, said after the match that they was aware that uh, a big banner would be revealed and that he was, uh, he was in the minds of the players. But um, as regards to the actual game, the thing that surprised me in the first 25 minutes watching it live inside the stadium was the warning signs were there. All of the through balls that were being played by the Nice um, midfielders were, were accurate in terms of uh, creating space, running off space. And they, um, they surprised Ajax a little bit. Um, and that, for me, was a warning sign, which wasn't really picked up. They did well to get um, back into the game and to lead 2-1. And, and the, uh, the game was becoming more and more tense. But the danger for Nice to uh, launch a counter-attack was always there and that's what happened 10 minutes before before the end of the match The um, when the goal went in and to make it 2-2 it was uh, there was an awful lot of frustration around the stadium uh, coming so far and, um, and getting so close but I also have to credit Nice I thought Nice were a very very good side that played very well in particular their, their, their defenders uh, Maxime Le Marchand and uh, Anao Suke, I thought them, them two in, t- in particular were really, really good. You could say that Ajax have maybe found their level in the, in the Europa League again, having reached the final last season. But the game against Rosenborg, the first game is in Amsterdam and the second leg is in Trondheim. So that um, provides maybe a stern test. But um, Rosenborg was the most difficult team they could have faced and they faced them. But... Um, the most important thing for them is to get a positive result in the first leg in Amsterdam. Yeah, certainly. But when I was watching the match, I found that Ajax could have easily put the chances away, uh, done what it did to Lyon the previous season in the Europa League in the semi-final where they won 4-1 at home. It was really confident. There was really intense play. But a question from Cam here asks, it appears Ajax is struggling on the defensive side. Why is that? More of a communication issue? Now, 
just before I hand over to Michael, I just want to point out that I, I think it was a style of play issue and that the way that Ajax play means that they, they commit so many men forward and there's such a high line that when these can get in behind, there's lots of space to exploit. And if they can get that chance and take it, then it's an unlucky away goal. But that's the thing. Is, is this style of play, is it risky in the way that it pushes the luck um, to concede these goals? Or is it something else? Is it a more of an issue, for example, with Yar Veltman, which uh, fans love to always criticise? I think in watching the game, you have to say there's a bit of naivety from Ajax. You know, they were 2 and up. You know, they were heading through. And they didn't decide to sit back and take the win. They decided to keep going for it and going for it. Even the substitutions, um, Kaiser took off Cliver, who was by far Ajax's best player on the night, um, and put on Frankie de Jong. It's, it's a strange you know, substitution. It's a centre midfielder for right winger, left to right wing, exposed. The goal came from that way, a long ball. Um, Veltman missed the header, and then you know, the left back bombs on, and he's one that ends up scoring. Um, you know, if you're going to take off your winger, you put on a defender. You know, you're missing that, you know, just that bit of experience at the back that can close down games. And I think if you looked at the goal, there's about three or four times where it could have been cleared. I think it's delicted to the back, and he kind of scuffs his clearance and it goes straight to an East player, breaking to the ball. It's a nice little clever, you know, cutback from, um, I think it's Seri, but you know, it's the left back just doesn't get tracked, and he's the one that's there. I think. It's a young defence. They've got to learn these things. Joe Veltman is now the captain. He's got to take a bit of responsibility. Um, I think Kaiser's got to have a bit more game management going forward. And these big European you know, teams are press Ajax or have the quality to beat Ajax, um, except for the you know top three. But in Europe, these teams are all you know strong going forward. You know, Nice is one of the best sides in France last year. It's just after this, this two-one. I actually should have thought, right, we shut this game down. But they didn't. They tried to go for it and they got hit by the sucker punch. I think that's just naivety going forward. Mm. Uh, we have a question here about about these, these European adventures from Dutch teams. And talks about how we should expect failure this season from Vitesse final detects due to the lack of experience they have in the Champions League and Europa League. Um, are there any chances this season also for more glory as a like like last season where we saw Ajax reach the Europa League final um I'd like to start by pointing out that I think finals and the tests may have a confident season confident seasons both you know in Europe Utrecht got a tough challenge against Zaint St Petersburg to reach the Europa League group stage but finals in um in the Kalt, but I think that's going to offer some 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 exciting nights uh for for Dutch teams but the problem is, final and Vitesse will both be seeded, well, very likely to be seeded fourth in their respective Champions League and Europa League group stages. Um, what do you two think? Do you think that with Ajax as well, do you think there, there's any chance of some success this season for Dutch teams? Of course, we can't expect that from PSV now after they were knocked out the other day. I think we've uh, to start with uh, FC Utrecht. They, they are facing the toughest opponent they could have faced, especially with the second leg in Russia. That's just a really, really unlucky draw for them. And I think they're going to try hard, but I think the class of Sanderson uh, Petersburg is going gonna, is gonna to show in that particular game. To move, to move on to Vitesse, they will be playing um, in Europe for, the, I think, the first time in a long, long time. 
They will be in pot four. That's highly likely. Their potential opponents could be Atalanta, Arsenal, Real Sociedad. So they may well come up against uh, very, very good teams in the group phase. It'll be interesting to see how they deal with it. Um, I'm not entirely sure if home advantage is going to work for them with the Gelderdom having been reduced in capacity in recent years. Um, to move on to Ajax, the game against Rosenborg is going to be difficult, but, but over two legs they should win. They've managed to, um, to win through to previous rounds of the Europa League against um, against uh, uh, Schalke and Lyon with uh, their fantastic home display. So you would hope that they come out of the blocks against Rosenborg in the first leg. I agree with you, Michael. I think the best hopes rest on um, on Feyenoord with their home advantage. Um, it's feasible, as I said on the pod before, they could face a group with uh, Spartak Moscow, Tottenham and Porto. That could very well be feasible for them. I think they will be the team the most that will make um, home advantage pay. But I think if we were choosing a team where... Who will, who will go the furthest, who will, who will represent the Netherlands the best. And I agree with you, Michael. I believe it's it will be final this season. What do you think, Mike? Um, I agree. I think Feyenoord in Europe at home is strong. You have to look at Europe League campaign a couple of years ago, they beat Roma. Um, I think on their day at home, they can beat anybody, um, you know, except for maybe the Barcelona and the Madrid. So it really just depends on who they draw. I think Dark teams have been quite unlucky in their draws um, so far this season. Ajax getting Nice and Ajax getting Rosenberg. These are the toughest sides they could have faced in these draws. Yeah, draws. Um, Utrecht getting Zenit. Um, you know, Zenit have just hammered Sparta and Moscow today. I mean, you can't really see Utrecht doing anything against them, so I think they'll be out. But I think Vitesse, you know, as I said, they've made some good signings and they could be a surprise in Europe this season. Um, I think everybody was surprised by Ajax getting to the final last year. And I don't think it, we should just write off what he's touched seen so far. I think, you know, football in Europe is getting, you know, a lot stronger and the teams are a lot closer now. It just depends on the day and how they play. I think Ajax can go far in Europa League again. I think Feyenoord, um, if they don't scrape through into second, they can definitely get to third and then they drop into Europa League. Um, and they can go far in that tournament as well. They've got a strong squad, same with Ajax. The tests are stronger than they are. I just think it's Utrecht to the one that's... You know, they're going to miss out. OK. Well, one team we definitely were watching Europe this season um, is PSV. It was an appalling performance, again, against Croatia's Oziak to go out 2-0 on aggregate. Um, but the concerns are not just for not playing Europe for the first time in 43 years. They also um, are looking like they will have a, a typical campaign in the Eredivisie. Uh, we... All three of us seem to have already said that it could be a two-horse race between Feyenoord and Ajax. But do you think PSV have a chance still of being within the reckoning for the title? Or do you think that their third, that being the top three, that place is even at threat from the likes of Vitesse and RZ? What do you think? I think it depends on how they start, personally. Their first game is at home to RZ. I think the arrogance before the match against Osijek at home was something to behold it was just a case of oh we'll get through this and then it's already on to the next one I think the club is in shock that they won't be playing European football for the first time in 43 years and I think um, 
I think you'll see as a consequence um, the landscape changing a little bit. It's only today where David Pulper is um, is linked with a move to uh, Brighton and Hove Albion in England. I stated on the pod back in May, even though it was quite premature, that this would be Koku's uh, last season in Eindhoven. And even before the season is started, that seems like an extremely solid prediction. Um, I don't think they flexed their muscles in in the transfer market as much as they wanted to. You could say that's due to uh, the approach of not identifying the targets quick enough and also the, um, the approach of Koku to get those deals over the line. I think... Um, I think it is admirable that he's promoted uh, three youth team prospects to the first squad team squad, but I think he, he, he did that due to them not getting the targets they wanted or ev- not even showing the um, showing the correct approach in terms of speed and accuracy to get those deals identified and, and get them over the line. I think it's going to be a long season in Eindhoven because they only have the league title and the cup to go for. And depending on how they start, I think that will dictate how things will go for them as the season goes on. I think um, it's very worrying times at the moment in Eindhoven that they couldn't have had a worse start to the season. Um, there's no money now, so they can't sign anyone. Brands has already said the past couple of days that they're going to probably have to sell people because they're expecting you know, a windfall from getting to the Europa League and they're counting on that. So that's why you're going to see... David properly leave. Um, there's rumours today. He played a friend today. He drew nil nil at Augsburg and Luke de Jong wasn't there, even though he was fit. Um, there's links to him going to Germany. I don't personally see that as a bad deal. I think um, getting rid of de Jong right now is probably the, the best thing that PSV can do because up front it's just they just don't look good enough um, to challenge the top two. I mean de Jong just couldn't finish anything last year then you got your old Kalia coming in he gets his chance his big chance he's been saying oh he's not a winger he wants to play for the middle he gets his chance on on Thursday and then he absolutely does not he misses four or five chances comes out afterwards and says he wasn't motivated um, you know that's you know even it's down to the management or the players I mean I know Kalia is trying to forward his music career at the moment so maybe he just he seems to have given up of becoming a top footballer and you know, he wants to concentrate on his music career and then that comes down to Koku to try and get these players that want to play for the club and want to succeed to promote more youngsters, you know. Um, a couple of years ago, they, when he first brought up Memphis Depay, um, you know, they had a year where they didn't challenge and then they, they won 2,000 in a row. So maybe this is just a transition there. They need to get rid of these players who don't want to play anymore. Proper's going, De Jong's going. You know, phase out players like Bukukaria, give Bergvine, give Lammers, give Rosario, Rams, or Armitis the, the spine of the team going forward. And then maybe next season, and these youngsters, after a year in their visit, they'll be strong enough to challenge Ajax and Feyenoord. Um, but I just think right now that it's just a shambles. Like, the team just doesn't look like they care or that they can create anything, that they can score at all. Um, you know, this creation side to finish fourth in the table. Um, last season and PSV over two legs only managed something like three shots on target it's just not good enough yeah uh, and, and, and we had a question from David about this as well he said I was stunned at your optimism for PSV this season uh, obviously relating to a previous podcast and surely their inept efforts against Aussie X just struggle this season 
And I agree with him. I think they will struggle this season. And I'm surprised, actually, that players like Van Hinkle um, want to sign for the club. Um, for certain players, just Lozano, it was a chance to play in Europe. But Van Hinkle is coming back to a club which is getting worse every season. It's The, the quality is reducing drastically. Um, perhaps a chance to be, be a captain was a massive pull for him. But with players like Zutt as well, are still at the club, um, which again surprises me. The club seems to be going backwards, and it's all under the help the, 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 the reins of Koku, who persuaded and promised so much um, in his first season by reaching the Champions League last 16, nearly the quarterfinals. And it's all just gone backwards. And I actually think that their place within the top three is in threat. Um, I've, I've written down some predictions actually this season for the table. And I do have PSV sitting in fourth. I think Vitesse have got a very strong squad. It's easy to say, isn't it, that their heads will be turned by the Europa League, but they held their own against Feyenoord in the in in in, in the final uh, yesterday, uh, which they only lost out on penalties. I think that they've got a good squad. If they can get hold of Lucas Dagnos for two and a half million, that is a very um, it's a very ambitious signing because of the money they're paying for uh, a player. That's unheard of, actually, for a team below the top three to be paying nowadays. And to see them play, uh, signing Castagnos to play, um, perhaps not alongside Tim Matavs, but to be uh, switched quite a lot between the two, because um, they're paying they're paying for two two senior strikers to be rotated. Uh, it's a sign of a good strong squad. And actually, if they can't qualify through the Europa League, it's only six matches out of their season. They're not going to be exactly like exhausted by these matches, and I think they can go on to have a very good campaign. They they are better than the likes of RZ, uh, Utrecht, Heerlen Veen, and I think that they can actually maybe pit PSV to third spot if PSV are going to have such an awful season. Um, what do you two think? Do you think there are any challenges for top three? I think to go on to uh, elaborate on your point about PSV, I think in the case of Van Ginkel, I think um, it's comfortable. It's comfortable to return to the homeland. It's comfortable to return to one of the biggest clubs in that country and play regularly. I don't think with his loan spells at Milan and Stoke that um, he was looking about at the direction of a club. I think it was for him just returning to the Netherlands and, and finding stability again. I think um, Koku has rested on his laurels. I think, as you, as you both rightly say, he showed... Um, showed progress in almost reaching the Champions League quarter-finals. But I think he's rested on his laurels. I don't think he's been able to bring anything different. I don't think he's been able to, to necessarily motivate or, or push on as a manager in, in motivating his team to move forward. Um, to answer your question about um, potential teams making a surprise, I do agree with that Vitesse have brought extremely well. I think um, I think they've replaced Ricky Van Rolleswinkel really well to buy, uh, to buy two very good strikers who will score goals to fill that void. Um, they have a chance of, um, of pushing on from last uh, of like, from last season. Um, I'm not entirely sure they might finish third. They do have a chance. I think um, to look a bit to look a little bit, a little bit further down. I, we mentioned on the pod before. I can't see. Um, I said Alakmar pushing on. My uh, my tips for a good season are Nagbreda, Groningen, and Faith of Venlo. Not so much to break the heavy heights of maybe even the top eight or the top ten, but to have a stable. I, I predict that all three will have stable seasons. 
where they uh, managed to play good football, make an impression, uh, make a positive impression. And uh, I'd also tip all three for a, an, a potential cup run to the, to latter, to the latter stages, maybe. Um, I actually think it's quite negativity around the club at the moment. And yes, John Van den Brom's not maybe the man that everyone wants in charge anymore. But I actually think AZ are in for a good season. I can see them coming forth. Um, just based on, I've watched them a few times in pre-season. And they're actually the starting squad now. It's a lot stronger than it was last season. And they've got these exciting youngsters coming into the side, like Calvin Stengs, Gus Till, Vindal, Uyan, and um, the weak links from last year. Tim Crow was a big weak link in goal. He's now gone. Bezos come in. He's done really well in pre-season. Um, I saw them hammer Malaga 3-0. I saw them beat Udinese yesterday. And these are good results against good teams um, in pre-season. Whereas you look at SC20 who are getting hammered every week um, by teams like Bristol City. And I think AZ, they've got Weghorst, they've got Friday up front, they can score goals, they've got exciting talents, and I think they will actually push for for fourth. And I think it'll be between them and uh, Vitesse for those fourth and fifth spots. Um, PSV, I think, will scrape third. But, you know, Utrecht and Groningen to round off the top six. I think Utrecht are weaker than they were last year. I can't see them getting fourth again. Um, but, you know, surprise teams, I think, very, very, yeah, definitely. And they've got some good players, some good young talent. Um, NSA have got a lot of Manchester United, uh, Manchester City, sorry, uh, Lonies coming in. Um, I think it's going to be interesting when NSA come up against the test because they're like, it'll be like Chelsea versus Manchester City in the future because they've got so many Lonies at the moment. Um, but challenging-wise, I think it's going to be the same top three as it usually is, and then I think it'll be AZ and Vitesse, the best after that. It's an interesting point about uh, AZ, because I think you're right with Stengs, Till, uh, Vindal, Avian, that these these youngsters are very good. Um, and But the thing is, when you watched them at the end of last season, they, they were appalling, and the quality at times was very low, and the defence was awful. But yeah, things have been replaced, and there's some good pre-season results, to be fair. I, I actually have had Akles to come sixth because I think that the style of play under Jan Stegerman means they'll win a lot of games and, yes, also lose a lot lose a lot of games, but there'll be a low amount of draws and wins get you more points. And I think that will help them push up the table quite a lot. Um, but, yeah, I'd set to also come a little bit lower. I don't think they're going to have the same force as last season. Um, and just one final point about teams that did well last season. 20 yeah I, I was at the game when they uh, they, they beat they, they lost 2-0 to Bristol City and 20 could have lost 5 or 6-0 that evening it, it was dreadful they could barely put a pass together up front they had an issue where they kept going back to front from the defence that they, were, they, they, they seemed to run out of ideas in midfield and ended up going back to front except their long balls wouldn't go to 6 foot 5 Cavasina they'd end up going to Tip Tombordo who's uh, well, he's definitely less than six foot. I can definitely tell you that much. Um, and it just didn't, balls in the going to the wrong man. There were no through balls attempted for Buda, who's who's a quick, pacey striker. Um, but in defence, the only man who really looked up to it was Stefan Teska, the centre back. Um, Twenty six years of age, just back. He's back from cancer, and he's he's loving his football. But the men around him don't seem to be um, as 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 adept at, at defending as he is because. Uh, in, as the game started, 
a lot of the players were looking around frantically thinking, whoa, what is this? They're not used to the English style of football and it was very quick, very physical and they lost a lot of aerial, aerial duels. The, po the post was hit, the bar was hit, there was a goal rounded up, uh, ruled off for offside. Twenty were appalling and I can only think of one chance of note that went just wide. It wasn't a good evening for them, I don't think it would be a good season for them and I, I wouldn't be surprised if they're in the bottom half, perhaps even flirting with rele relegation at times. Despite René Harker's best efforts, it's not his fault, but as a club can't qualify for Europe for a while, it's going to be difficult to attract the kind of signings that he wants and... Yeah, I think the best hope this season is that they can bring through the likes of Fredrik Janssen, um, Jari Osterweik, and hopefully make a profit in some of the signings that they got on free transfers. Um, German Fielder Lockhart, um, he's only 18, but if he plays a lot of games, maybe he has some resale ability. But no, I don't think they'll struggle, but I have gone with a bottom three of Roda at bottom, Sparta 17th and Ardo Den Haag in 16th. Um, Michael, who do you think will struggle this season? Um, I've got the same for you as Roda bottom. Um, they're not signed anyone of note that mm. nothing's going to save them. Um, I think they're in for another terrible season. Um, 17th have gone for Excelsior. I know every year they, they get doubted and every year they scrape it in the end and they manage to stay up with the skin and teeth. But I think the team's coming up the division are stronger now um, NSA and VVV I think they'll survive I think it'll be Excelsior's time to get knocked into that 17th spot I've got Sparta in 16th um, they've got some very very good young talents coming through in Sparta but just wherever they have anyone up front that's actually going to score the goals to keep them in the division um, I know Pogba's there and he'll probably be the, the first choice striker but I can't see him scoring enough to save him from the bottom the bottom four then if anyone else is going to get dragged into it, it will be the film toys the the NACs um, but I actually think Adel Den Haag will be alright this season um, <clears throat> I've been assigned a striker from Hearts um, probably replace Mike Havner but they've actually got two very good young strikers in Dennis van der Heyden and Delano Aydan um, Delano Aydan was part of the under 17 Euros earlier this summer and he's actually been scoring quite a lot of goals so far in pre-season. I think he's an exciting little prospect up front for them. Um, I can actually see them finishing comfortably mid-table. That's interesting. What do you think, James? Uh, to go back on your point of FC Twente, when I spoke to Jürgen van der Leyle back in March this year, he explained to me about the, uh, the way the club has had to go about their business with loan signings and the youth team, and that they're going to have to continue in that direction in the coming seasons due to being... Uh, banned from not playing in Europe um, I agree with you um, uh, Michael, I don't think FC Twente will have a very good season but I also think well, they won't also be in trouble for getting relegated I think they'll be somewhere in between the two, and my bottom three is Sparta Rotterdam to finish bottom, Rodi Yese to finish 17th and Excelsior Rotterdam to finish 16th I think with Sparta Rotterdam I agree with you both uh, there's not much of a goal threat there. To lose two very good defenders, Dumfries to here and Fein and Van der Longelen to Heisbey uh, um, Hamburg, is a big blow. I think they were, Sparta de Rotterdam were also very lucky that on the last day of the season, they faced go-ahead Eagles, uh, who were the weakest team in the division. 
if they would have faced perhaps another team who was stronger, they may well have ended up participating in the um, relegation playoffs. And who knows how that um, would have gone. So uh, my bottom three is that. I think um, uh, Excelsior and um, uh, Excelsior Rotterdam and Rodeo safe for the um, relegation playoffs. And that is a lottery depending on who they play. But my team to finish bottom this season will be Sparta Rotterdam. Interesting. I thought that some 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 teams this season that may surprise. We all three of us seem to be quite confident that Nakabaleda will will be fine, and I pop them in tenth place in my uh, my table predictions. Another team that I think might might be alright is uh, Valentue, um, mainly because of the signings of Chilivea and Daniel Crowley. Uh, they're both players that play well at Go Ahead Eagles and fitting very well with the Dutch style of play and maybe in a more solid outfit, such as Willem Tway, that they, they might actually flourish. Um, with Franz Sol at front as well, he might provide some goals to finish me table. James, I know you were quite a big fan of VVV, uh, I mean, in particular, Mary Stein. Um, is this developing uh, a mini fetish for Mary Stein? Or <laughs> I know you're, you're a big fan of him. No, it's uh, it's respect, first and foremost. Yeah. Uh, I respect. I respect what he's done at um, Arda Den Haag and the title winning squad that finished uh, with 80 points last season has, um, has been kept uh, been kept together with um, uh, Ralph Sanchez and Clint Le- uh, Lehmans and um, uh, Van Kroy. Um I think they'll be fine. I wrote a piece on the site today about the, um, the second coming of Marty Stein um, taking uh, Faith of Faith to the um, obviously after four year absence I think he was extremely unlucky to lose his job at Arda Den Haag I know they were bottom and circumstances dictated but the, before that season they finished ninth and um, uh, the season before that they finished um, they escaped the relegation zone by one point I thought he was very unlucky um, I think Favre Favre will be fine I think their home advantage will um We'll see a few strange results, or not strange results, but a few um, a few eyebrow-raising results as the season goes on. Um, I agree with you both with Nak Breda. I think that's primarily due to the, um, the quality that the manager Stein Freven has. You could see before the um, promotion playoffs even started the uh, the will of the man and the confidence in the squad that he had to to uh, to win the um, promotion playoffs, which they did. And um, I think it, I think it would be good for the league as well to have uh, newcomers staying up without the threat of relegation. I think that would be good for the Eredivisie long term. Mm. I think that the home advantage for Nakbed in, in their games at home, obviously, it's going to make a big difference. Um, for their, for their form, getting them with some extra wins, maybe they didn't expect to get them. Purely because of the atmosphere that they'll bring back to Eri de Vizier, it's going to be great to have them back around, I think. Um, I guess, as a, as a sort of final point about, about this season, um, we've talked about surprises and all that. Who, who do you think are going to be the top goal scorers this season? Who do you think is going to be up there um, bagging the goals every week, perhaps for the tipsers out there? Who do you think is going to be reliable? My first, um, my first name on that list list would be uh, Fito van Kroy. Um, his reputation is very solid. Scored, um, scored and made goals last season for the title-winning side. May well not be the first name which springs to mind, but um, 
I think um, I think he'll be banging banging in the goals for FFV on a regular basis. I think he'll be the main goal scorer for them. So uh, my suggestion in that respect is Fito van Cruyff and FFV Fenlon. I think um, quality-wise, strike-wise, you have to look at Jorgensen and, and Dober to be bowing out for you know the top goal scorer. Can't see anyone at PSV unless to give Sam Lammers a chance um, to to shine. They're going to challenge them. I think Vout uh, Weghorst might be a, a dark horse. I think um, AZ will create a lot of chances this season with the wingers they have and um, Stangs, uh, Alaraz on the left. Then Dos Santos off the bench. I think there's going to be a lot of chances created, and if he can score them, he'll be definitely into double figures. It's just going to be interesting. The teams below them can Boer actually score goals in the Eredivisie um, after you know shining in the second division. He thinks he's going to be the next Vincent Janssen. Is he going to be able to score goals for FC20? And just looking around the division, there isn't very many top-class strikers. You say are going to bang in goals left, right, and centre. You know, you got Pogba, Sparta. Um, I mean that's right. You got uh, here and being have Reza, I think he'll probably have another good season. Um, Don't forget about one, um, Armenteros at Halakles as well. He still hasn't left, has he? No, he's not. Um, I know he's getting linked to the moves to in the Middle East, so that might still happen before the end mm. of the season. One interesting one would be um, NEC Breda have Thierry Ambrose on loan for Manchester City, young French striker. He looks very good and um, big prospect, and I think. If NHA are going to stay up so easily, he's going to score a lot of goals. Okay. Just interesting transfers today. Um, Wesley Schneider's signed for OGC Nice in France. You know, they've obviously knocked out um, Ajax in the Champions League. I think they've got Napoli next in the next round. Um, Schneider getting a chance to shine again in the top league. Um, he's got to put him back into contention for Nero and just keep him there instead of going to the MLS or China. He's going to a league where um, you know, it's gonna be competitive football. He's gonna have the chance to to show that he's still still a top top player. Um, I think that's a really good move for him. I just wanted to uh, plug for the uh, listeners and the readers the Roland Bergkamp uh, interview, which which was released last um, last Friday. Um, I found it a very interesting interview. Um, I think Eko said, "Well, Eko, he's going to ha- they're going to have a good season." I think he was uh, he was quite adamant about the team spirit and about the characters inside the squad. And uh, yeah, it was nice to get my first um, interview of 2017-2018 under my belt. And in two weeks' time, uh, Kenneth Powell from Young PSV is the next one. So uh, I look forward to that one. Yeah, James, you certainly um, you're going to be pulling out the stops, I think, with these interviews in the coming weeks. So it's always great for the website, isn't it? Um, and I, I just want to make a final point to listeners that there were some questions about the Dutch national team and I think we'll plan to talk more about them uh, in a fortnight's time in the build-up to the France match. Just to give the uh, listeners and the readers uh, a glimpse of what's coming up on the interview side, uh, Kenneth Paul will be my next interview. And then after that, you've got uh, Michael Fakulan, who is the centre-back of Helmand Sports. And then um, I think I have to wait for confirmation of the other ones in the pipeline. But uh, it's, uh, it's good times ahead and I hope to get as much depth as possible. Mm-hmm. And uh, delighted to have almost just uh, eight interviews in just over a year with names such as uh, Flute and Duplan and uh, Delayla and Browns and Bergkamp. So um, it's a good sign for the future, really, I think. Yeah. Well, thanks, James. Thanks, Mike. 
subscribe to football around you now.